0: What makes Putin the terrorist tick? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carroll, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Yes, indeed. What makes Putin the terrorist tick? You know, um, as Putin's troops are causing more atrocities each day, and the Ukrainian, a Ukrainian nuclear plant explosion is only one so-called error away, people have been trying to figure out what is inside Putin's head, but they are not doing a very good job. (laughs) Um, They are trying partly because they're trying to find one loose screw to explain it all, when really he's a lot more complicated than that. It's kind of like, you know, the story of the elephant where one man is standing in the front of the elephant. And he says, oh, that three blind men, yes. <laughs> so that's an important part of the story. Three blind men are standing around an elephant. And one man um, looks at the trunk or feels the trunk and describes the elephant as, you know, one long trunk, one long tube or whatever. Another man is standing on the side of the elephant, and he describes an elephant must be uh, like a big carpet, but in the air with, you know, very uh, coarse kind of skin. And the other man is in the back of the elephant, and he's filling the elephant's little tail. <laughs> Needless to say, he has a very different uh, description of what an elephant is. So that's what's been happening. Um, I actually have written two uh, two essays on this, two op-eds. Um, I, I mentioned that uh, in my last podcast. But, you know, I've been studying him more and more. And I'm coming up with additional ways of describing him um, that to add to uh, what leaders can use in um, trying to approach him, trying uh, to talk with him, work with him before we start or he starts World War III. Or really, we start World War III because of our um, ineptitude, uh, lack of understanding. You know, it just frustrates the hell out of me. To see, like there was a a story today in the Daily Mail um, claiming that steroids given to Putin for his alleged cancer, that's what's causing it. Aha, this is the intelligence community. They found out, aha, he's taking steroids. Well, I'm going to go into that a little later. Uh, We don't know that he has cancer. Yes, there's been a rumor of that um, for years. But... um, if he's taking steroids, which is definitely possible, it would be to um, create the muscles that um, that he likes to show in various photos of himself. But I am getting ahead of myself because I want to start with um, his childhood. Because really all of this, whatever uh, his psychodynamics are and whatever mental illness he may have or medical illness he may have, um, the most important part of understanding him is his childhood and the childhood traumas that he had. So let's start with that. Um, First of all, people have been talking about how he has changed. Um, his pale skin, his rambling uh, sentences, he looks bloated, um, and he makes these apocalyptic speeches, particularly one including the threat uh, of, quote, consequences greater than any you have faced in history, unquote. Rather chilling. So this is what has been making the world try to figure out what is in his cold heart and twisted mind. Um, people are saying, you know lots of people have been quoted as saying something is off, he's changed, he's unhinged, he's disconnected from reality, and also they're calling him a madman. Now, I am a psychoanalytically oriented psychiatrist. Um, I besides studying psychiatry, being trained in psychiatry, I also trained in psychoanalysis and under Anna Freud, uh, Sigmund Freud's daughter. So that is how I look at people and treat people and evaluate people when I work as a forensic psychiatrist because it is <laughs> I know some people like to make fun of Freud, but I can tell you in all my work, his um way of looking at the mind and people's personalities and so on um are right all the time. So, um so his let's so looking at his childhood. He was born um, in, on October 7th, 1952, in war-torn Leningrad. And this is after the World, after world War II. And um, Leningrad was decimated. His father fought in the war, and he was left with a limp. And this was a constant reminder to little Vladimir that uh, perhaps of, of his father's bravery, but also of one's fragility. His mother once fainted from hunger, and the people in the town, because, you know, there was hardly any food, lots of people died of starvation in Leningrad after World War II, during and after. Um, And so she fainted from hunger, and the townspeople laid her out with the corpses. And um, fortunately, she woke up, so they didn't bury her. Um, everything that that Putin is today is a reflection of the promise he made to himself as a child never to be vulnerable again. Because, and I'm going to tell you about all the different ways that he was vulnerable. Um, with his, Starting, of course, with his parents, everybody is affected most by their parents. Um, his parents not only had these physical scars from the war, but the war also left psychological scars on them he was their third son he was born after his two older brothers had died so to some degree they considered him a miracle baby um and they to they they tried to uh spoil him to the extent that they could you know they were very poor but um they, you know, which was a good fortune, but he also had the misfortune to have the weight of all of their expectations thrust on him, all the weight of the three sons, you know, the two sons who died, all their expectations were now thrust upon him. So when they treated him like a king, again, to the, to the most they could under their poor circumstances, um, it gave him a sense of entitlement. But the main impact of the war on his parents was that it was um, made it very difficult for them to show him warmth and love because of all the harsh realities of the war and the post-war. So there's a photo of Vladimir, aged five, that really tells it all. Um, he is sitting on her lap. She has one arm stiffly around him, his arms and legs are crossed as if he's trying to protect himself, and his eyes are looking uh up at the camera in a fearful, distrusting way. in fact, um most of his photos, except with his uh current um Mistress, I guess you would say they they never got legally married. Um, all of this, all of his photos, otherwise, except for photos of him, some of the photos with him with, and with his mistress, um, show him unsmiling and in fact, in childhood, there are photos of his of class of his class, um, and he looks he's pouting, he's moody. His eyes are dark, and they seem to hold unspeakable secrets. So um, his vulnerability had made him um, become obsessed with presenting an intimidating image. So he um, wore trendy leather jackets as a teen. He has now, you know, as he got older, he had... Uh, pictures taken of him that show him being macho, fishing, hunting, riding horses, bare-chested, and so on. So again, going back to what made him feel vulnerable. So um, number one was his parents, as I as I was describing. Um, also, he lived in a very poor apartment, very poor tenement-type home. Um, no hot water, no bathtub, no other base- basic amenities. Uh, His parents worked around the clock in factories and unskilled jobs, so he was left to take care of himself. He was a street kid. And he was small for his age and a bit odd, so he was bullied. Schoolyard bullies. So what did he do to try to survive? Um, He took martial arts, and he learned how to fight back. He has said, quote, the street taught me a rule. If a fight is inevitable, you have to throw the first punch. And this is apparently what he was thinking of when his paranoid projections about Ukraine made him send the first troops. Now, the first war that Putin was in was with his rats. The rats that That were all over his home and his apartment building and the streets all over his neighborhood really and what the kids used to do uh, for entertainment there were no video games at the time they used to amuse themselves by chasing rats with sticks and Putin had a particularly traumatic experience with one big rat and when we come back I will tell you about it so stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about what makes Putin the terrorist tick. Well, I left you on a cliffhanger. (laughs) Um, Putin and the rat. He had lots of rats around him, um, but he particularly uh, was traumatized by one rat. The other rats, um, you know, as I said, he, he and his friends or To the extent he had friends, as I said, he was bullied. But he and the people, the kids in his building, used to um, amuse themselves by hitting rats with chasing them and hitting them with sticks. One day, there was um, a particularly huge rat that Putin drove into a corner. He was thrilled at that because he saw, aha, uh, this is my prey to kill now. You know, where could the rat go, he thought. (laughs) Well, the rat uh, decided to do something different. He suddenly threw itself, the rat did, (laughs) at Putin, jumped on him. And, of course, this terrified him. So Putin tried to close the door. He slammed the door on the rat's nose, barely. He barely made it. And he said, he's written about this, and he said that he, quote, got a quick and lasting lesson in the meaning of the word cornered. Now, needless to say, this first war, his war with the rats, or this rat, um, is affecting his current decisions now. Uh, He is seeing rats on all sides of him, you know, countries who dared to separate themselves from the USSR. And he, in his paranoid way, and I'll get into uh, his diagnosis in a little bit, but he, in his paranoid way, is um seeing the rats on all sides of him and seeing that he has to, you know, just like the real rats that he chased and so on, that he has to kill these rats, of course, starting with Ukraine. And what this rat in the corner taught him is... um, that he doesn't want to ever be put into a corner, backed into a corner. And um so in the current war, um, you know, we're sort of damned if we do and damned if we don't, because um the different sanctions and so on that we are doing, by we I mean the U.S. and NATO and some other countries, Um, They these sanctions are pushing Putin into a corner, but in a very sort of passive kind of way, passive as compared to actually sending troops, American troops or NATO troops into Ukraine. So, yes, it is a little more passive than that, but certainly he does feel pushed into a corner. And what do people do when they're pushed into a corner? Just like the rat. They find some other way to lash out. Okay, let's look now at um, his psychodynamics, what I call psychodynamics. Psychodynamics are essentially parts of his personality or a person's personality um, that are ways in which their personality interacts with the world, okay? Uh, It's the the dynamics of how one's personality interacts with the world. So as I'm going to tell you later, you know, that um, he has a – I have sort of diagnosed him. Yes, I have never met Putin. I would love to. I would love to try to – I would love to literally put him on my couch so I could um, try to help him, try to cure him. Uh, Crisis intervention therapy. Um but um I, I'm gonna be talking in a little bit about how he has a paranoid personality disorder. Um so in any case, it is this that is his personality disorder. He probably also has touches of a soci- sociopathic uh personality traits. But so let's but let's look at the psychodynamics because really this is what is important. Well it's all important. Okay, so one of the things um, that is going on is that Putin is identifying with the aggressor. Now let me explain that. When little children uh are abused, they um eventually, as they get bigger, they eventually, many of them, most of them, identify with the aggressor. So in other words, if they are abused, um they identify with the person who is abusing them. Now that could be uh, a parent or anybody who is the abuser. It could also be a bully. So, um, he put, you know, in, in war-torn Leningrad, um, that Leningrad got destroyed by Hitler and the Nazis. And, um, you know, that, oh, that destroyed his parents' life, destroyed his city, and of course, has uh, as i just described an impact on him um because of not only the poverty but and the, but the the fact that his parents weren't able to um surround him with just pure love because of all of the trauma that they had been through okay so so putin is identifying with the aggressor that means the nazis who did to russia what he's doing to ukraine So, in other words, he's doing to Ukraine what Hitler did to Leningrad. This is how people who are abused or bullied um, find the power in themselves. Now, another uh, psychodynamic that's at play in Putin. Um, Putin said, he is quoted as saying, Russia is no longer a chopped off map of the Soviet Union but a confident great power with a big future and glorious people. Of course, this is how he would like the world to see Russia. In any case, the words chopped off give a clue to how he is feeling. He is having um, castration anxiety. Each of the um, states, uh, now countries, countries, Um, who split off from Rush from the USSR to claim their own independence, feels like, uh, I'll try not to be too graphic, but feels like a part of him was chopped off, in his own words, chopped off. Um, And that castration anxiety is making him, fueling him as well combining with his paranoid personality uh as another reason why he is fighting attacking these other countries another part of his personality is that he is uh targeting he has been targeting in Ukraine um well he's been targeting lots of things but particularly schools hospitals Um, particularly maternity hospitals and psychiatric hospitals. Now, why would Putin particularly target these institutions? These are the people who are the weakest, little kids, people who are sick in, in hospitals, particularly maternity hospitals, you know, trying to give birth. I mean, they're not sick when they're trying to give birth, but they are in a weakened, vulnerable position. And also, of course, people in psychiatric hospitals are in vulnerable positions. Now, fortunately, the psychiatric hospital who he targeted, uh, that he targeted just recently, there were 330 patients in it, but they were safe because they were in a bomb shelter. But so why is he targeting these places, these places where people are the most vulnerable? I mean, in other words, these aren't the people who are going to uh, arm themselves with guns or rockets or any kind of weapons um it's not for that it's not to stop soldiers in other words from from attacking the russians um it is because well there are two reasons politically one could say that he is attacking these places to try to have the most um impact psychologically or emotionally um, on Ukraine and on the rest of the world, like for us to all think about how horrible it is, which of course it is um for him to be you know destroying these places um and that perhaps this would make us us um ukraine or and and the other people um other countries decide to give up uh surrender you know like we did in Afghanistan. Um, So that's the political part. But psychologically, the reason I believe that he is um, attacking these most vulnerable people is because of his own self-loathing. He has self-loathing for the weakness in himself, the vulnerability in himself that he recalls very well and that he really uh, suspects is still there or is afraid is still there in himself. These are memories of vulnerability as a child, when he was a child. And so, um, he hates anything vulnerable. He hates the part of himself that's vulnerable. And in a sense, by attacking these vulnerable people in these places, um, that is, you know, somehow making him feel, um, like he is, he is wiping out the vulnerability in himself. Well, um, I will stop here. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about um, the questions, is Putin mentally ill and is Putin medically ill? So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about what makes Putin the terrorist tick. Well, we have looked at his childhood. We have looked at his psychodynamic uh, traits, personality, aspects of his personality, ways that he interacts with the world. And now let's answer the question, is Putin mentally ill? Well, his childhood, um, where he was surrounded by signs of death and destruction all around him, caused him to develop a, a paranoid personality disorder because he always felt threatened whether it was by poverty or by the rats or by the school bullies um he and he felt unprotected by his parents so um so he, you know, growing up with this fear, you know, these signs that, that you're living in a, an unsafe world is basically it. In all these, uh, different ways. I mean, you know, the signs of his city, the, uh, the city destroyed by the war, that's every day he gets to look at that and sees what World War II, notably, uh, Hitler and the Nazis did to him. And, you know, it's interesting how he projects out, he calls, he calls the Ukrainians Nazis. that's because um he is projecting his own feelings about um you know the uh, his own feelings that he wants to do to others and beca- that that if uh, that if he doesn't do to others, that they will do to him what the Nazis did to him did to his, did to his country. Um okay so so in terms of being mentally ill uh now parano you know you could kind of discuss well as paranoid personality disorder and illness well it is a, di- a diagnosis in the uh, DSM5 the diagnostic and statistical manual 5 which is the dictionary for um all um for psychiatrists to use to to diagnose people. So, yes, in a sense, you know, you'd have to say that, yes, that is a mental illness. It's not like a psychosis. I mean, it's not schizophrenia or bipolar, manic depressive illness or anything like that, but it is a mental illness diagnosis. Okay. Uh, now, we are, we, we uh, must hope that it doesn't morph into a paranoid psychosis, Because then he could have command hallucinations telling him, "Lad, push the button." That would not be good. Recent events have exacerbated his underlying paranoid personality disorder. And let me tell you what some of these are. First of all, COVID. The pandemic has caused him to withdraw from society. It's amazing. You know, there are these. Uh, he has isolated himself. He was, he was paranoid about uh, coronavirus and he isolated himself. I mean, I'm sure you've seen pictures of him with Macron, uh, at this long table and so on. Um, he did it with other people too. And in fact, he made a lot of people isolate for two weeks before he would even s- sit with them at a long table like that. So his, um, he kept himself very much isolated. And he marinated, so to speak, in his memories, in his thoughts, and in his fears. And um, this paranoia grew from fear of coronavirus attacking him to fear of rogue parts of the USSR attacking him. Then also, what exacerbated his paranoia, paranoid personality disorder, or you could look at it as something in a category by itself, is mortality. More than ever, Putin is being forced to confront his own mortality. He's 69 years old, one year before the dreaded milestone birthday, and he is two years shy of the life expectancy of a Russian male. So he feels that the clock is ticking ever louder for him to leave his mark on the world. And his dream has been and is to put the USSR back together. And since, you know, he is now 69 and for all these other reasons, including COVID, I mean, we've all been forced to face our own mortality um, because of COVID. You know, seeing the statistics on television all the time, for example, how many people have died today of COVID and so on so we've all been forced to think of our own mortality for 2 years approximately and that plus is being 69 1 year before 70 2 years before russian males are supposed to die <laughs> i mean granted you're going to you may be thinking um that uh he certainly had has had better nutrition and so on than most russian men um but uh, you know, he has also, and he did do martial arts, um, so he had exercise, but, um, he also has had more stress than, you know, running his country than the average Russian male. Um, so in any case, facing his mortality is making him feel like it is now or never. Um, He also has hubris syndrome. This is where uh, somebody who has been in power, the more someone has been in power, uh, the more they and, and Putin has manipulated Russian rules to stay in power longer than really other presidents have been allowed to stay in power. And so he developed hubris syndrome, which is where um, a person starts believing their own PR. They start thinking that they, in other words, power goes to their head and they, um, seem overconfident and dismissive of other people's advice. Now, needless to say, between his isolating himself during, uh, COVID and continuing really, um, uh, that is making him all the more think or wanting to think that what he thinks his decisions his ideas are right he doesn't want to listen to other people's advice so needless to say this is a particularly dangerous state of mind when combined with paranoia now so those are the um medical uh mental issues i mean um let me just see i want to make sure i haven't um, um yeah now let me tell you about medical issues. Okay, so of course, COVID-19 is one possible issue. By the way, it was just, uh, just came out today that, uh, Obama is, uh, COVID positive. Hmm. Couldn't have happened to a nicer man. <laughs> uh, if you've been listening to any of my podcasts, <clears throat> you, well, not all of them, but in many of them, I mentioned about how Obama has made us the least safe from terrorists. Uh, than any other president, and in general, made us, made America the least safe. Not that I want him to die from COVID, and you shouldn't say that, <laughs> but uh considering he had that birthday party where he invited a gazillion people to it, <clears throat> you know, and risked exposing them to COVID, Um apparently he didn't have COVID then, I'm not saying that, but um, let's just say I am not sorry to hear that he has COVID now. Um. In any case, looking at going back to Putin and um, COVID-19, there has been speculation that he had COVID-19. There is no official word of that. I'm certainly not saying that Putin had COVID-19. I don't know that. Um, But there's speculation. Some people are attributing some of his mental issues to COVID, to the after effects of COVID, such as brain fog and agitation and confusion and delirium. possible but I, I'm not. It's just one possibility. Then there have long been cancer. There have long been rumors of cancer, especially spinal cord cancer or pancreatic cancer. Again, that has not been proven or official either. The newest thing that has come out is that this claim um, supposedly by, not by a doctor, of course, Why would, why would it be a doctor? um but by, by the intelligence community that um that uh putin may have roid rage that he may be taking steroids and the idea would be i mean what what the intelligence community is saying that he may be taking steroids and therefore have roid rage at this time because um he may they're saying that this might have been part of his treatment for cancer. Again, we don't know that he does have cancer. But, um, and also, even more serious than that, um, in terms of uh, steroids and cancer, there's a lot of controversy about whether it's a good idea to give steroids to people who have cancer, um, because cancer weakens, I mean cancer, steroids can weaken your immune system. And so you would not want to weaken your immune system when you have cancer, because you need your immune system to fight all the bad cancer cells. And also, therefore, some studies show that uh, steroids can make cancer spread. Anyhow, um, however, I do think that it is possible that he has taken steroids, not necessarily for cancer, hopefully not for cancer. But, um, you know, ever since he was, the the schoolyard bullies kicked sand in his face, so to speak. He may well have been taking steroids um, for some period of time because he wanted to bulk up. You know, he he has loved having photos taken of himself where he can show his muscles, you know, uh, bare chested. So he can, you know, I'm sure you may have seen photos like that. Where, uh, he shows his muscles. Now those are big, pretty big muscles. He may have just gotten them from working out in the gym very, um, you know, hard, very long. I mean, what else does he have to do, right? <laughs> um, but it could well related to his taking steroids to make the muscles, um, grow even faster. So, um, so what is the bottom line to all of this? Um, what do you get when you cross a um, a paranoid Putin with a demented Biden? Well, <laughs> oh man, um, uh, does not look good. Does not look good. Um, Biden doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say it plain out. I mean, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing even when before Putin started this war. Um, but now between the war and in Ukraine and which is, you know, now on the border of Poland, inching into Poland, um, really, you know, actually, it's kind of interesting come to think of it. I was going to say, really, it's Obama who is the main puppeteer of, of Biden. But now that uh, that Obama is COVID positive, oh, man, now who? who is it left to to pull the strings soros blm uh kamala harris doesn't pull strings she just uh, cackles her way uh into the future um but in any case you know it is it is really too big for biden's mind to handle um you can i i have talked about biden's dementia and um encroaching dementia and the main that we saw experienced, uh, illustrated in Afghanistan. And so I'm not gonna go into all of that again, but the main place where at this time in any case, um, but the main way uh, that Biden's encroaching dementia is affecting his thinking, the worst way I should say that it's affecting his thinking is in the most sophisticated part of one's thinking, which is abstract thinking. I mean, we know it affects his memory, and it's affecting his the way he talks, his sentences are word salad, and confabulation, and a whole bunch of other things. But um it is especially his abstract thinking that is the most important in dealing with somebody like Putin. Because abstract thinking is where you have to hold in your brain at the same time a lot of different scenarios before you can figure out which is the best scenario to go down. Uh, like with chess players, you know, when the best chess players are the ones who have the best abstract thinking because they can see down the line what their move is going to do, what the other person is going to do, and then they're going to do. I mean, they can figure out all these different scenarios. And we have seen how, um, Biden blew it with Afghanistan and he, you know, he went to his little house in Delaware and sat there with a whole bunch of televisions um, in front of him. And I, hopefully that we're watching things related to Afghanistan and not um, Homer Simpson, but I don't know. I would not be surprised. I would not put that past him eating an ice cream cone. Right. Um, in any case, so it is very difficult for him to figure out. And also, let's just add in, um, you know, I think I mentioned this in my last podcast about how could this and if I didn't, I, I need to mention it, um, how uh, the war itself um, could now be being used by Biden. His slow reactions to the war uh, could now be being used by Biden as a distraction from all of the things that he's doing at home in America the way that he's destroying America. So anyhow, um getting back to Putin, the way the way to deal with Putin is to not push him into a corner. He does not want to be that rat, um you know, killed with sticks. And if if one does try to kill him like he tried to kill the rat, he has learned that the way to deal with that is to spring some new attack on the person or country he is trying to kill. So the bottom line is that we need to figure out a way that Putin can save face. This is through negotiations. He in fact has been willing to come to the table um And maybe he has been asking, you know, demands that are not tenable or that the U.S. or Ukraine or the NATO seems are not really reasonable requests. But we have to start thinking a little harder and figuring out a way for Putin to save face. Otherwise, he's just going to continue the war, probably beyond Ukraine. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nets for your kids to become more resilient, We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.